Hey guys, this is the Real Life Monopoly Podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kenneth and Kerwin Donis. We are real estate investors, and the point of our podcast is to help you reach your financial goals, which will allow you to have time to focus on your true passion so that you can live not only a happier, but more fulfilled life. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Jeffrey Donis, and on today's show, we will be having Javier Hinojo out of Raleigh, North Carolina, We first met Javier at his meetup here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he brought such amazing energy. We really wanted to get him on the show so that you guys could hear his story and learn more about how he has been able to scale his multifamily real estate business so fast. Now, we're going to jump right in. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's go. Thank you for tuning into the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partner and brother, Kenneth Donis. Today on the show, we'll be having Javier out of North Carolina. Javier, do you mind introducing yourself? Hey, not at all. I appreciate it, guys, for having me on the on the show and the podcast. Um, it's, it's an honor. Um, real quick, I met you guys uh, last month, and it was it was amazing to see all, all you three out there. So, uh, but a little bit about me. Um, if you guys can see the video, I'm not much older than these guys. These guys are still in the teen, they're still in the late teenage years. I'm 24 years old, but I look like I'm 42 because I used to flip houses. So that's why I look so damn old. All, all, all the brain damage. Um, now, nah, realistically, I am 42 years old. Uh, I started my real estate career about six years ago, a little bit over six years ago, and I started flipping. I just um, took a course that come in a weekend, those three-day seminars, I paid like 35K. And I uh, just kind of learned enough to be dangerous and uh, started buying houses. I didn't have any money. I didn't really have any credit. I was self-employed, so it was hard to get a loan. But just figured it out with credit cards, asking people for money. And we were able to do our, our first deal. So I started flipping houses. And uh, I realized right away that I had to flip a lot to make a lot of money. And then from there, I went to actually wholesaling houses. I kind of started backwards flipping, then wholesaling. And then I got to a point where um, it was just a, another job for me. And I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, I wanted to scale. And I was at a mastermind getting ready to, I was flipping 50 properties a year. And I was getting ready to say, I'm going to do 150. And um, uh, that that, that weekend, I just pretty much quit. I said, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want, you know, the the team that I have now won't take me to where I need to be. So I got to start from scratch. So I didn't know any better. And I just fired everybody. And I said, I'm going to do multifamily. Told my wife. And she looks at me like, okay, you know, how much time do you need? And I didn't know any better. And I just said, hey, I need two years. I should have said like 10 or five. And uh, I told her two years and it's been about 16, 18 months, 17 months. And, um, you know, right, we just closed the apartment building yesterday. We closed another one today. We closed one like three, four weeks ago. So we should be, uh, I don't know, like 690 units in about 17, um, in 17 months. I haven't even done the math yet. I think it's... Uh, 30, I don't even know, like 40, 40 something million. I don't know, 42, 48. I haven't even done the math um, where, where we're at. But, you know, from flipping houses, making 10K to buying apartment buildings has been a crazy, crazy uh, a journey. So don't get don't get uh, overwhelmed, everybody yeah. at the audience. It's just baby steps. It's one step at a time. It sounds like big numbers, but I'm still, I'm, I'm a very little fish. I'm a small fish. So that gives you in general um, kind of my background. Is that is that good, guys? No, yeah, that's awesome. Kenny, uh, you want to touch on it first? Um, no, I just wanted to say congrats. Um, you know, I know that you pretty much started from scratch, like you said, not really knowing much about multifamily. 
and then pretty much you know scaled within the last 16 to 17 months now uh getting to 600 units that's that's honestly really really awesome so congrats on that i appreciate it guys thank you i mean i mean you mentioned that it was like a job being in wholesaling and do you mind me asking what you were doing so that you're self-employed before you got into flipping yeah um i still i still own my company Uh, i have a service company so i hold a locksmith license in north carolina and uh, so my dad runs that right now so i moved him over from california like four years ago doesn't your son and then, yeah, and then I got a, I got a, one of my kids in my twenties is, um, is also, is also helping him out. So. Oh, awesome, man. So yeah, you did it obviously like that. Right. And then why, multi, why real estate in general? Like why did, why did you think flipping was the next step? Well, I mean, I knew that at some point, you know, I was in my, I guess mid thirties when I got started and I feel like I should have got started in my early twenties or heck even my teenage years. But, um, you know, you guys are doing it the right way. You guys are hanging out the right places, right? That's the biggest advice I can give somebody is hang out at the right places, connect with the right people. But I just knew that real estate was a, um, one of the ways to make a lot of money and to become a millionaire, become in, uh, independently or financially free. And uh, I mean, I'm not super techie. You know, I didn't know if I was going to create a tech company or do stuff like that, right? So I just said, hey, let's just do real estate, you know? And I just knew I was going to do it at some point. I just never had the opportunity not until my, my good friend invited me to um, one of those seminars. So, Awesome. And then business, you're doing 50 deals a year. That's awesome. We were in wholesaling before as well. Very transactional. Exactly the same reason you said. It was like having your own job that you can kind of just work in all day. Very, I feel like it's very hard to scale in my opinion. But well, when did you make the decision to jump? You kind of went into it. But like, how did you do that? Because you said two years is what you told your wife. Um, did it take you two years to get your first deal? And if so, then like, what were you going to do within those two years in, in regards to paying your bills and stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm not very smart guys. <laughs> I didn't put much thought into it. You know, I didn't put much thought into it. I'm sitting there at this mastermind, right? There's some investors there, some guy wholesaling like 10,000 properties a year. I mean like, holy crap, you know, like 10,000, 15,000 properties a year. This company is nationwide. And there's other investors like, you know, out of Charlotte and uh, they're flipping, you know, 150 houses a year. I'm like, man, okay, they're doing that. And then they're sitting up there doing a 15, 20 minute presentation. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm good at. This is what I can give you. And then I need help with this, right? That's kind of the, the process of that mastermind. Everybody kind of gets a chance to share. And um, so I'm taking all these notes and I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, I feel like I have to start from scratch. You know, like I feel like I have to redo my systems find different people, you know, everybody got me where I needed to be, but I don't think these folks in my staff is going to be able to push me forward. So I need to pretty much find new staff. And I mean, they're great people. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love them all. Um, it's just um, you know, more, more of, um, you know, even more of my fault, right? Just because I just didn't give them the right leadership. I was so busy doing other stuff that, you know, they just kind of let them on their own. Let's, let's just get this done. And, um, but, you know, I just sat there and like something hit me. It was so weird. Um, and so I heard somebody say it like a year later after I quit. Um, but what, what that feeling was, which I didn't know what it was. This is what it, this is, this is what it was. It was, um, this voice telling me, Hey, you're going to scale to unhappiness. And it just like that, that right there, that's what I felt like. Like, yeah, I didn't really enjoy flipping houses. The wholesaling was okay, but I mean, I just didn't really enjoy flipping houses. I liked finding a great deal and getting paid. Right. I didn't like anything in between. So, you know, my wife's a lot better flipper than I am a thousand times. So that's why I didn't like that. And I said, okay, I'm doing this. 
I'm buying three, four, five properties a month. I want to buy 10, 15 a month. Are you kidding me? I'm going to be super unhappy. You can make a lot of money, but you know, I pretty much worked all the time. I didn't have the right systems. And uh, just to start from scratch, I just said, hey, let's just do multifamily. I can scale quicker. And it definitely worked. And I decided that like late September 2019. And I said, I told my wife, we're going to buy our first multifamily by the end of the year. I know I had no idea how I was going to do it. No idea. And sure enough, come around December, uh, we closed we close our first one. I got a super small percentage on that. I tried to help out as much as I could, a buddy of mine, and uh, with, a, with a property he had in South Carolina. I said, what can I do? And uh, I actually overpromised and underdelivered. You know, just the way it went, it, you know, it sucked. But, uh, uh, but I got, you know, I got it done. You know, I got what I had to do and be part of the deal. And that was, that was pretty much my first one. No, that's awesome. So like you touched on a lot of awesome things there. I think um, just to kind of take away from it, you were pretty much going for something that was more passive just because you said you're going to scale to a point where when do you actually step out, you know, like what does it even look like? Is that something you could be proud of? Um, and in regards to like building your wealth, multifamily is in my opinion, it's one of the best ways to do that. So when you pretty much made that jump, um, you've mentioned that you had that relationship in place in South Carolina with your your friend. That's where relationships come into big, you know, come into a play a big uh, role in regards to how quickly you can actually get into your first deal, your second deal, your third deal. Because if you didn't have that relationship in South Carolina, then well, you know, it could have taken you over a year to get your first one, which would have left you in a bad spot, right? How are you going to pay your bills? <laughs> but um, yeah. in regards to, did I cut off any? No, you're good. Yeah, you made a great right. point. Yeah, I mean, um, in regards I, I to that first deal, you said flipping, that he yeah. brought you on. What did he actually have you do? Were you raising capital, or were you helping out with uh, something else on on that property? Well, I went to look at the property. You know, I had some contractors that I referred. Uh, I tried to do as much as I could. You know, help them to, um, you know, if I had to, you know, bring money to the project, uh, whatever I had to do. Um, I just told him, hey, what do you want me to do? So basically, you know, you were you jumped in with faith. I mean, that's really all it came down to. You know, at that point, you you jumped in with faith. You saw something, an opportunity that you believed was going to help your situation better, help your family um, better. And you just didn't know where to start. But the thing about that is you knew that you could do it. And also you knew that you would hustle until you did it. So as far as, you know, moving from your first deal what did your second deal look like? If you don't mind. All right, so that's, that's an awesome question because uh, first deal, I didn't really know much. I was just kind of scrambling, kind of doing whatever I could. And like I said before, oh I over-promised and over-delivered, right? I'm like, oh, shit, I, I don't want to do that. You know, damn, that sucked. <laughs> so my next deal, it takes a while to get some of these under contract. It's just not like you find a house and you close in 10 days. It doesn't work. Well, actually, we're doing one right now. We found an apartment building Thank last you. Thursday. We closing it today, which is like a week. It's a crazy, crazy ass story. Wow. But anyways, usually it's like 90 days, right? Uh, 90 days or so. Um, so it just takes a little bit of time to get a deal flow coming. And we got our first deal in Oklahoma. And a couple of weeks before we closed, COVID hit. So our loan got pulled and um, we didn't close. We had raised all the money. We had spent all this money on due diligence, flying out there and all kinds of stuff. And it didn't close. You know, looking back at it, it's probably a good thing it didn't close. We would have made money, would have been fine, but um, we would probably just had a lot more work to do. But it would have been a, it would have been a decent project. Uh, but then we said, okay, let's just not buy decent projects. Let's buy just really, really good ones, right? Ones that really, really make sense. So we're we're if I can if I can screw it up and still make money, that's that's the kind of projects we like. And for those of you audience that don't know, due diligence 
costs a lot of money. I mean, you can be spending 16 to 20,000, sometimes even more on just due diligence. And this is before you're 100% sure that you'll be closing on this property. So to, to yeah, back out sure. and kind of lose out, um, you know. Yeah, I'll give you guys some numbers for sure, right? Like you got to travel out there. And uh, I recommend you have a professional company do the walkthrough. Don't do the walkthrough yourself. Pay somebody to do it. Say it costs you eight grand, right? And then you got to get all the, like the plumbing, um, the line scope, whatever. It's another two, three, four thousand. And uh, if you started your loan process, the bank's going to want a good faith deposit. Say it's 10 grand where they take, uh, they might do uh, phase one environmental. They might do appraisals. Appraisers are like seven grand, right? So you might, they might ask for 20,000, 30,000. Depends how big the, um, depends how big the project is. And then you got to do your PPM, right? Your private placement memorandum, which goes to an attorney. It can be eight to $16,000, right? So all that stuff gets done. And then you don't close two weeks before or whatever happens. Uh, something happens, you just lost 40 grand, 50 grand. So yeah, it can, uh, it doesn't, it's definitely not nice. There's definitely ups, but you know, there's always, there's, there can always be a down. Were you able, and to go back to the first one, were you able to raise capital on that? Or were you actually the one doing something else, maybe asset management? Yeah, so there's a couple of different things you can do, right, to be part of a multifamily uh, transaction. You really can't get paid for raising capital unless you're like licensed, I believe. So don't don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm I'm not really sure, but um, you know, there are certain things you can do, right? You can either fund a loan, like um, sorry, assign a loan, right? You have net worth and liquidity and experience uh, to be able to sign a loan, and then um, so if you if you if you have liquidity, the bank likes that. If you have experience, the bank likes that. If you have net worth, right, the bank likes that. So it can be one person or three people, right? It can, it doesn't matter. Um, and then you need uh, the property, right? And then you'd be able to do, to do the asset management. And then you got to fund the deal. So that kind of gives you, you know, and then you also have somebody who's local, boots on the ground. So there's a, different, a lot of different ways to get be involved. So if you don't have money, can't sign a loan, go find a project. Right. Uh, maybe you help. Maybe you're local in your backyard. You find a deal and you say, hey, guys, I got this deal. You partner up with somebody you like, you trust, and then you, you get a piece of the pie. You get some acquisition fee and maybe you get a chance to be boots in the ground. Right. Where you can go check the property again. Right. Boots in the ground. Super important because if you don't have any experience and what, to, what you're looking for. It's kind of hard to be boots in the ground. But if you're doing your first one, you know, just just give as much away as you can. doesn't matter just to get the good to get the experience, to learn the process. And then that'll make you millions of dollars. You know, don't get greedy on your very first one, even if you got to give most of it away or 99% of it away. It doesn't matter. Uh, the actual learning experience is priceless. You'll make so much more. So on the raising capital side, um, you can't, like I said, you can't pay somebody. They just can't be a GP for bringing capital, right? You got to, you say, hey, like, let's, let's, can you help fund the deal? Basically, you know, like, hey, they're going to put money in it. And you may have a, 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 an equity, like 10% equity, to share between GPs to go, you know, fund the project, right? Which either is go raise money or um, put their own money in the deal, but just can't do like investor relations and I'm raising money, right? Not just, you gotta have a different, you gotta add a, you have a, have a couple extra roles in there. Sure, for sure. I'm pretty sure uh, as long as you have some type of other role, right? Like you said, so if you're gonna bring in equity, you have to make sure you're doing something else. You can't just get paid for the equity. For sure, yeah. I mean, we, we you know, mm -hmm. put you in charge of, uh, you know, Whatever the the, the yeah. project management, you know, you know, be, be part of the, exactly. the weekly calls and making sure that you're helping out with the asset management, things like that. Yeah, for sure. And in regards to how you got into your first, did you help on the on the capital raise as well as just 
jumping on the calls, asset manager. Yeah, I just I did um, a health fund deal, and then I also did a little bit on the construction side. Um, so that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so I, I don't I like did, construction. Just to let you guys know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I did. Um, you know, you did catch my attention when you said because of course this is your 18th, I guess, month in this business. So under two years, and you're at like a, a little over 600 units. So what caught my attention was when you said that you have a deal that you guys closed within seven days. That means that you did physical due diligence, you lease audit, you made sure that you liked the property inspections, tenant screening, all of that within a week, which is very, very incredible, especially with your business being you know, under two years old. So this also implies that you do have some great systems and processes in place so which you can move very quickly and very efficiently and very smoothly. So I definitely love for you to touch on that. Like, how did you scale out your sure. business so quickly and who plays what roles to make sure that you guys, um, you know, do everything as fast and as efficiently as possible. For sure. Like our, we, we closed one about four weeks ago, five weeks ago in Homa, Louisiana, that went so, so smooth, right? That was awesome. That was perfect. Then we closed one yesterday in Houston, Texas, and that went pretty smooth and different kind of, kind of deal, but it also went pretty smooth. You know, 80% of the whole transaction is the same. You have 20% that's a little different. Just something might change a loan type or whatever it is. The lender might ask for different stuff. And but 80% of the process is the same. Right. We closed on one yesterday. So this one, we haven't closed on it. We should close on it today. Everything's good. Everything looks good. Uh money's there. Everything's there. Um, just as long as all the paperwork's done. Hopefully we close today. I mean, probably latest would be Monday. But I'll tell you how that happened. It's actually impossible. I, I want to say it's not impossible to do all those inspections in, in a week. I mean, it probably is. Uh, or to close a multifamily deal in a week. I'm sure somebody's done it out there. They're just getting like a stupid, stupid deal and it just makes total sense. Or they've known about the project, right? They, they kind of know, because it's kind of hard, right? You buy a house for you buy a house for 200K and uh, you do the bad rehab, bad, bad comps, you might lose 30K, 50K. But if you buy an apartment building for $5 million and you do the wrong, you know, you do the wrong stuff, you might lose a million dollars, right? That's, that's a big difference. Um, so this one, actually, we had a couple of friends of ours that actually had it under contract. Uh, it was the first deal. And uh, I was at a conference and like, hey, guys, we got this deal and uh, we need to close by Friday. You know, can you can you, you know, I heard you guys, you guys are the guys to problem solve. You know, like we're a problem solver, we can solve, we can solve problems. That's the biggest one of my biggest ninja skills is uh, solving problems. I'm like, Let me look at it. Send him I'm to my director of acquisition, say, hey, underwrite this. He's like, hey, this is a good deal. It looks on paper. We had all the. Um, all the due diligence, pretty much they already done it, right? Everything that we kind of had, there was some stuff missing. Uh, there was almost, but that was not a big deal. And uh, sent it to my COO. You guys met George. And I said, hey, man, we're closing on this property. He's like, yeah. You know, he's like the, he's such a good Catholic boy, uh, young man. I know he's like in the late 20s. I don't think I've ever heard him curse. And I've known him for a few years. So I know when I send him the message at Thursday night, I said, hey, man, check this out. We're going to buy it. He's like, oh, okay, awesome. He's like, when? I'm like, next Friday. Uh, I know inside he was like, well, you guys can bleep this out. He was like, oh, I know he was like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, like I know inside he was cursing. <laughs> he's like Friday. He's like, he's like, okay. Like only you guys. Right. That's what he was saying. Like, you know, Jeff, of course you are. You know, like it didn't surprise him. And uh, we could jump on the call on Friday and say, Hey, this is the, this is the deal. They got under contract. They, they got the numbers, review the, the performa, review the financials, review the leases. And, um, we sent a buddy of ours that lives close by to kind of walk the property a little bit, just kind of get an idea. And the, the, they just had brand new property management um, that we know 
the owner of that property management company. He was actually at that event that we were at. We're like, hey, man, you, you guys just took over this property. What do you think? And he just told us hey, it's a good property, just bad management, yada, yada, yada. Basically, it's a management play. We're, we're doing like a hostile takeover. And uh, we're just going to get better management in there, clean it up, get rid of the bad tenants. Um, and it's 100% occupied right outside Atlanta. It's a good deal. Uh, you can still raise the rent 125 bucks without doing much. Um, and it'll be a three-year hold and we'll sell. So that's how we were able to close in a week because all the stuff was already done. Um, it's a little bit riskier just because we didn't, we're not the ones that did it, but um, we kind of knew everybody in the transaction. So it, it made it, it made it easier. If it would have been somebody that I just met, like I, I would have probably said, no, it would have been 99.9% sure that it would have been a no. That's awesome, man. Anyways, that's insane. That was that crazy. It was able to happen that quick. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard of anything like that. It just feels like everything fell into place. You know, the property management company, yeah. the, the the people you knew. And these were all at your event or was it just another another person? Yeah, I was I was at an event. I'm part of a I'm part of a, a mastermind and uh we had an event. It's like two hundred people out there. So it's uh if you know I'm not sure, you know, you guys, your audience, you they might be young, they might be older, save some money, join yourselves a mastermind, you know, network around people who are doing who are doing what you want to do. That way they'll get you, they'll help you get there quicker. It's definitely worth it. For sure. And Something that you talked about at your meetup a lot was that you tend to you tend to focus on your strengths um, and really just do what you actually enjoy to do. And I feel like not many people, you know, at all get to actually say they actually get to do the things they like. But in regards to your team and your operation, what are the things that you focus on? And then what are the things that you obviously have other uh, you mentioned a COO, um, Jorge? Wh- what, what do you have him doing in regards yeah, to right. his role? And then how sure. is that? helping your company grow so fast. I feel like this is one of the biggest parts as to why you guys have been able to scale. So- yeah, it's actually pretty easy. Um, I just need to get out of the way and everything works really smooth. <laughs> so Love it. Um, I'm like, that's, I'm not very organized for say, you know, I'm just um, like, if you put me in front of an Excel spreadsheet, like I get pissed off, I get in a bad mood, um, put me to organize something or put up a presentation. I mean, I just can't do it. I mean, my personality doesn't, work that way. I'll do it. I'll be super unhappy, but I'll do it. Um, but for me, I mean, I mean, I'm a visionary. I'm a big picture kind of guy. I like to find deals. I like, I like the deal flow network. Uh, definitely enjoy networking. That's how I get a lot of, uh, you know, our, our deal flow. Uh, I'll raise some capital as well for, for our projects. And, um, you know, I'm involved in the, not, I, don't, I mean, I guess day to day, but just kind of big picture. George pretty much handles the operations, right? The whole operations of the company. You know, making sure all the projects are going on, on time, giving us reports, talking to the property managers at the properties, and and then we'll jump in the meetings once a week. You know, either my partner or myself would jump in, make sure everything's going good, and we just you know tackle big big problems, right, or any big challenges or big questions. Usually, everything else, anything smaller questions um, that anybody has, I just super super easy. I'll be like, "What do you think we should do?" Right? Somebody says, "Hey." When should we start giving the 30 day notices to all these tenants? We don't have any more. We don't have any more units to renovate. I'm like, well, what do you think? Right. I mean, that's, that's what I say. It's my favorite question. And then I hear what they want to say. I'm like, okay, great. Well, let's do that. That sounds good. You know, and we'll just, most of the time we'll just go with whatever somebody recommends because that's what they're doing every day. Right. Like the property manager asking us if that's okay, if they do this or that, I'm like, what do you guys think? Like, I think we should. Okay. Then great. Let's do it. You know, I don't have to come up with all the ideas. That's not my, my job, I'm not, that's, I'm not, you guys are better at property management than me. Uh, so, you know, to, as even with like underwriting deals, right? Can I underwrite deals? Sure. 
I haven't underwrote a deal in probably a year. And all our deals go to our director of acquisition, which is Connor. Every deal that comes in just goes straight to him and he does the underwriting. He does underwriting 30, 40 properties a week. Who's going to be better at it? Him or I? He's going to be better at it. Right? So it's just the best, right? It's the best thing. Just find somebody to do whatever you're not good at or even in whatever you're good at, but even at the level you're doing it or even not as good or even or whatever, right? Just It just takes it's, uh, other people's time, right? Use other people's money. Use other people's time. You treat them well. You pay them well. And um, everybody's happy. So yeah. No. Hopefully that answered your question. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah one more thing. I like to outsource. So if I can outsource anything, like if I could outsource arguing with my wife, I would outsource that. Hire somebody to argue with her for like 10 minutes and then Thank send her you. some flowers. Just say, hey, honey, I'm sorry. And uh, here's some flowers. Right. That'd be cool. No, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. It's kind of like, I mean, it makes sense. They have to be involved in everything in their business, but that's kind of what my brothers and I do. And we're really kind of lucky to have each other because we each, I would say are really good at, really good at one thing, but we're all decent at a lot of things better to just focus. For example, like you obviously networking, that's probably the best thing that you, you mentioned, right? That you said networking and raising capital and stuff like that. That's all kind of goes hand in hand, right? Talking to people, being able to carry conversations, to just get along with people. And I hate underwriting as well, but I, I have to at least understand it. But Kenneth, I would say he actually is a little bit, be- a lot better than me at it. So that's kind of why we just delegated that to him. Um, so I really do appreciate you touching on that. And to kind of go into my next question, going into multifamily, what was one thing that you thought would be harder than it actually was? Um, I want to say, uh, that's a good question. I think I would have said um, raising money and uh, finding deals, right? That's always the number one question I get from everybody. Hey, how do you find your deals and how do you raise money? Right. And a lot of that deal, uh, raising money is just your self-belief. You know, that's pretty much it. It's your self-belief. Can you do it or not? And uh, network. Right. Same thing with finding deals. What's the best way to do it? I think you should network right until you can figure out a way to find deals on your own. Right. Call brokers, do some direct to seller marketing and all that. But network. Right. And be like, hey, I can provide this. I can do this. I can do this. Network to, to be able to help somebody fund a deal. Right. Whatever you got to do. There's, um, if you have money, credit, there's no excuse. There's just no excuse. If you can't do it, it's just no excuse. I'm just saying, right? Even if you don't have money or credit, it's still no excuse, but you have it harder. I'll be honest with you. It's a lot easier if you have money and credit than if you don't, but you can do it either way. I did it without any money or good credit or I wasn't even loanable. So, um, you can do it either way. For sure. And to kind of go off of that, what was something that was easier than you thought it would be? Something that was oh, I, easier. I just asked you that question. What I thought was to be hard and then uh, would it be easier. Um, raising money. Yeah, raising money and finding deals. At the same time, it's super hard, but at the same time, it's like, actually, it's not. Yeah, that so. makes sense. I mean, for us, I guess it would be the same. The best like case in, in, in reference to this question for us was raising capital. As soon as we remove that uh, limiting belief, like you said, it really just opens all like the, the gates. I mean, you actually just start talking to people and we found that the best way to do it is actually just networking, like talking to as many people as possible, just literally explaining what you do. I mean, these opportunities that we have are things yep. that a lot of people have never even heard of. So like a lot of people are, are really looking for something like this. They just don't know it exists, yep. you know? So yeah, like for sure. Even if them. you're, even if you have no experience, right? You can be 19 and have no experience. You can be 49 and have no experience. Find somebody you like, find somebody you trust. And it kind of piggyback off their success. And like I say, you know, even if you have to give away most of the project, but at least it'll get you a project 
a certain new project under your under your belt. Hey guys, you know, I got whatever it is you're gonna do. I'm gonna buy, you know, self-storage units. You know, you partner with somebody and be like, hey, you bought 300 self-storage units, and now you guys have 300 self-storage units. Next time, maybe you guys get a bigger chunk of the deal, right? And then you partner with the same person again, you're good. Maybe the third time, you guys can sign loans, raise all the money, do everything, and then you guys are off on your own, right? So it's it's just that's kind of the baby steps. Say one step at a time, but um, to yeah. kind of go into my next question, like, what is your plan for for the rest of the year and just say the next few years? You're obviously scaling very quickly, so is that something that you guys look to continue doing, or is there some type of thing that you guys foresee later down the road that might be somewhat of a business change in regards to what you guys are currently? Well, you always have to be a um, open minded and be ready to pivot, right? If you don't pivot, then you're gonna end up like Blockbuster. You even know what Blockbuster is, guys? Do you guys know what Blockbuster is? Yeah, yeah. It used to be a place like, where you actually would drive and rent a movie or a video game. Imagine, imagine how boring that is. What a waste of life, right? I know, right? Having to drive somewhere to rent a movie and get it and get a video game. Waste of life. Anyway, so you know, Netflix came around and said, Hey guys, can you buy us? They're like, hell no, it's never gonna work. Well, Blockbuster never pivoted, right? So they lost their shirt. Um, so you gotta be able to pivot, you gotta kinda know what's going on. So network all the time. Probably one thing I won't stop doing is networking. Even if I'm slowing down, if I'm retired, doesn't matter. You just got to kind of know what's going on. And, um, but it's still buying properties. Yeah, we're scaling. Um, and just trying to scale smartly. I mean, we had a thousand units under contract around Christmas time. And then we're like, well, this is a lot, you know? And uh, it's not that we were scared. We're like, okay, we want to do a really, really good job. We don't want to be overwhelmed. So let's just buy whatever the best product is, right? Whatever the best deal we have, let's just buy the best one. The rest, we're not going to buy them. They were okay, you know, but it just, it just wasn't, you know, I like to sleep at night and I don't want to stress. So we just decided, hey, we'll scale. But there's really no rush for say, if we got a killer deal, like if this last one that came in last Friday, hell yeah, we'd jump right on it. But, you know, I'll, I'll go six months without buying anything. I'm fine with that, right? If I don't find anything that doesn't fit my box. So yeah, still scaling, still still growing. Want to have, a, I guess I'll call it the trifecta. Want to have like a thousand uh, apartment doors, a thousand mobile home park doors and a thousand self-storage doors. That's kind of the goal that I kind of set for myself. And, uh, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously those are, those are very, very like good goals to have. Do you mind me asking what your why is? And is there something that kind of motivates you? Yeah, for sure. And I talk, I talk to, I talk about that. Uh, so I, I got a podcast, uh, the naked, I'll pitch that in here. It's the naked truth about real estate investing actually launched here shortly. And, um, one of my solo episodes is like your why, and, um, you know, man, as I'll just, I'll say for me, everything that I always say is my opinion, right? It's not fact. It's just my opinion. So everybody always talks about, Hey, I'm doing it, you know, for my family, for this, for that, for this, for that. I was straight up honest, right? I said, when I first started, I'm doing this for women, money, cars, and houses. Right? I was already, I've been married since you guys, your age, I've been married and you know, women, you know, my, you know, my, my girls in my life, my wife, my daughter, you know, cars, I want them to have safe cars. Houses, I need to have a, a nice place to live and money, right? I got to live a legacy, right? So that's what I thought I wanted to do. And sure, it's part of the why, but deep inside, you know, it's at least for me, you know, you always have this drive and you're doing it for you, right? You got to prove to yourself you can conquer, you can, you can, you can kill, you can eat. And uh, that's just something that's been driving me for a long time. So really the why, I think I do it more for me. If I'm really, really honest, um, you know, I mean, of course I do it for my family. I mean, I do. But uh, I think I do it more for me just to prove to myself, you know, I want to accomplish something and it definitely helps out. 
And it's not even about the money. It's just about the, it's about the journey, about conquering something that is, can be extremely hard to do. And you're one of the few that can do it or do it very well. I actually, I actually get pleasure out of that. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the honest truth. Uh, I pretty much did it mostly for me and for my family because if I would have really, really done it for my family, I wouldn't have probably hurt them while I was doing this just because I pretty much ignored them for four years. You know, sometimes I get busy now and uh, I ignore them again, right? Just uh, so if I really, really was doing it for them, you know, I wouldn't have uh, caused them, you know, that, that, that harm those four years. So, yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. And to kind of go into our express round where I'll pretty much just ask you five questions um, back to back and they can kind of you can target them towards business or personal life since some can be tailored towards both. Um, first question is what is the biggest mistake you've ever made in real estate and what did it teach? Um, the biggest mistake, uh, it's gotta be just watch your cash flow. Uh, it sucks to be cash poor and, um, cause then you can't, you miss opportunity if you're cash poor. So especially when you're flipping houses, it can be like, you have a lot of money and like a month later, yeah, you don't have any money, you know, just because when you go to close, something doesn't close, it pushes back, it goes out of contract and you're like, oh shoot, like now you got bills to pay and you got to catch up a little bit. And then everything closes at once, you got all this money. So um, I would just say uh, cash flow. Just watch, watch your cash flow. Just make sure you got good projections. Don't, don't over leverage. What is your favorite book? My favorite book. So I'm 42 years old and I read one book and it's called, uh, it, I, I told my six year old niece, it's about, it's about, it's about a 20 minute read. It has, a, it has large words and very, very colorful pictures. So it's my, my kind of book. And uh, I, I read it to my six year old niece. And I was like, uh, look, look, uh, this is, uh, it's Mickey and the dragons. And she's like, she's like, no, Theo, Theo's uncle in Spanish. It's Mikey and the dragons. I'm like, oh, shoot, I should read more books. So she, she corrected me. So that's called Mikey and the dragons by the, the guy that the ex Navy SEAL is called. His name is uh, Jaco, Jaco Willocks or something like that. I forget his name. So that's about the only book that I've ever read. I've skimmed through a lot of other books or try to read them and uh, just try to get the, the meat out of it. I don't like the rest of the, uh, the process. Um, so I'm, I'm not a book reader guys and uh, not necessarily saying that's a good or bad, but I, I think if I would read more books, I'd probably be more successful, but that's the only awesome. book I've ever read. Yeah. <laughs> um, to go into my next question, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received or that you would give? Um, I have a friend who uh, passed away and he, um, somebody asked him, Hey, what's the best thing you can do for your kids? And, um, and, uh, he said, uh, love their mother. Right. So, you know, hopefully I do a good job of that. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully I'm doing a good job. It's very, it's, it's a challenge you know, being married. So it's definitely, uh, um, you know, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a challenge. One of the hardest things I've ever done. Most most rewarding, but definitely more one of the challenging. Do you have a daily habit that you would accredit some of your success to? Yeah, I think I'm going to be one of those odd people. I go to these conferences, and I talk to people like they get up at four a.m. They meditate and they have a grateful journal, you know, and they read and they do yoga and they go work out and they have breakfast at eight and you know, like man, I don't have any routines. I don't have anything. So, right, right. So what works, what doesn't work, right? I don't know. Um, again, right. I've never tried them. It's not that I can do it. I just never tried them. And I'd be, I'd be, I'd be kind of, kind of interested to see if I actually had some routines. Maybe I, maybe I'd have 10,000 doors right now. Right? I don't know. I have no idea. 
Maybe I had a zero. I don't know. But yeah, I don't really have any routines. I mean, I go, I go work out, you know, I just, I just work. I don't really have routines. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so my last question to wrap this up, what is the best way for people in our audience to reach out to you if, if they want to get in touch? Yeah, so um, you can, I got a Facebook group, um, a billion dollar multifamily commercial real estate. Um, you can reach me, I'm, I'm on Instagram, Javier Hinojo Jr. Uh, oh, actually, Javier Hinojo dot Jr. And, you know, it's pretty much just Google my name. Uh, I think I have like the only, I'm the only Javier Hinojo Jr. probably in the whole country. You'll find me on uh, TikTok and my daughter's like that. She was my first follower and she's like that. I got like, she's 16. She's like, dad, it's like two of my friends that follow you. Please don't dance. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so you can find my TikTok, Instagram. I got YouTube channel. I put a lot of videos out there, a lot of content, like how do I get started or things like that. Just a lot of the random questions that I get asked all the time. I just put them on there. So uh, just easier for everybody to, to listen to. And I don't have to, you know, answer the same question, you know, 8,000 times. But I'm able to actually give some value to people and not, not be a total a-hole and ignore everybody. So, yeah, awesome. I appreciate your time, Javier. We really did appreciate uh, you coming on, man, sharing your knowledge, and we definitely look forward to us. Yeah, for sure, guys. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Real Life Monopoly podcast with the Donis Brothers. If you want to learn more about what we do, make sure to visit our website, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com. And if you aren't already, make sure to follow us on all platforms at Donis Brothers. Let's be great today. Have a good one.